Pastor AJ Hausman, and welcome to Shit They Don't Tell You on Sunday, a podcast to dig deeper into aspects of the Bible that get glossed over or totally ignored in most preaching. The Bible has a lot of parts that are racy, uncomfortable, and sometimes downright horrifying. Let's talk about it. Welcome to episode 21. Our lovely guest today is Vicar Taylor Burdall, who is um, a seminary graduate, it's now official Master of Divinity. Woo! Um, and is um, what I like to call a, a free agent <laughs> in the church right now. Um, for the Lutherans, all that means is she's a waiting call. Yeah. And hopefully will be a called ordained pastor here real soon. Eventually. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But right now, she has all this free time to just like... Um, premiere on podcasts, exactly and things like that. So um. <laughs> it's it's my truest honor, and it's uh, a lot of fun to be here. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so today we're going to talk about the gospel reading for Sunday, August 29th. Um, I hope that you have enjoyed our our mini series that we did the last few weeks, where we um, didn't talk about um, like the lectionary, uh, the the specific Bible readings, but talked about broad theological. Um, views and concepts and things hope it was good for you um it was good for me i really enjoyed it um and we saved you all five weeks of talking about bread <laughs> i could talk about bread for five weeks straight but like not necessarily in the scriptural sense <laughs> jesus carb loading i i don't think um i was like so just like not into it like i didn't even preach about it at all <laughs> I was just like, five weeks of bread? Nope, I'm out. I'm good, I'm good. Um, I used it as a really good excuse. I was like, we're going to do an Ephesian sermon series. Yes, yes. Um, which is great. You should do that every once in a while. I think also sometimes pastors can get stuck with just like preaching the gospel week after mm. week after week. Um, and I think when you do that, like two things happen. One, it gets just like you get drained, right? Yeah, yeah. And then two, this m- may sound terrible but like people might get tired of hearing about jesus right like there's so much else that's happening there are 66 books in this bible you see and we only talk about four of them (laughs) not to get you know super down and dirty with it but like we do call ourselves triune you know right christian right like so we should be talking about like god's witness throughout the rest of scripture and history too yep i don't know we sure should i'm just claiming Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) we're not gonna do that today though we're gonna talk about we're only talking about jesus today so (laughs) not today (laughs) Um, next time maybe uh okay um, today we're going to talk about um, the gospel lesson for Sunday, August 29th. I already said that. Good stuff. Um, it's super uncomfortable, so get excited for, for this topic. Um, it is Mark chapter 7, verses 1 to 8, comma, 14 to 15, comma, 21 to 23. I may not even just say it again. The audience knows exactly how I feel about that. <laughs> Um, actually less bad in this one than I do in most of them because, excuse me, I feel like what was left out was like something that just confused, like Jesus goes off on a tangent and then comes back to his main point and I think just confused everyone. And so whoever was like putting this together was like, uh, we should leave that out. I think it's just going to confuse just, everyone. I'll just skip that one. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. And then, um, one verse, uh, verse 16, which is like, 
a detested verse. Not yeah, contested. Thank you. That's yeah. what I was like. Close enough. <laughs> I detest this verse. I detest it. I don't actually. It's a very fine. It's a very it's fine, a repeat. Simple <laughs> sentence. But um, probably uh, scribal error. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but like some people say that that sentence was there, and some people don't. So that's all that means. We're just skipping it. So we're just like, mm, we'll just skip it. Yep. Great. Okay. <laughs> do you want to read? Or do you want me to read? No, go for it. Okay. Now, when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who have come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe. The washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So, what if it's a... Never mind. I was going to say, what if it's a pewter kettle? <laughs> so the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And Jesus said to them, Isaiah prophesies rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, The people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrine. I have to leave my comments for the end, and that's the problem when I um, read this sometimes. <laughs> you abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then Jesus called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, evil, and excuse me, envy, slander, pride, folly, all these evil things come from within and they defile a person. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Woo! <laughs> like I said, there's a lot going on in this and a lot of like, first of all, um, Taylor would like to make one joke about what comes out of a person is what defiles them. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to make, like, the, the like, clever sexual joke, but, like, come on. Like, <laughs> there's been, like, years and years of people telling you, that, like, you know, if uh, you receive something into your body, that's wrong. But sounds like the, uh, what comes out <laughs> is more the problem. I thought you were going to make a poop joke. Oh, uh, well, there's also poop in there. That's, um, oh, that that's part of the, like, part that's cut out. Left out versus Jesus, poop? Jesus talks about a sewer, <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Let's see. Um, doo -doo -doo. It's in this section. He says, Don't you see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile since it enters not the heart but the stomach and goes out into the sewer? Yep, there's your poop joke. Maybe that's why they, they left that out because people would then just start talking about poop. Yeah. And miss, miss the main Miss the rest of the... Of this happened to me in Sunday school one time. It was Advent. So <laughs> ask the kids, like, what are you, what are you, like, waiting for? Has there been a moment where you just, like, sat and waited and were super hopeful? And this kid was like, one time it took me a really long time for a poop to come out. <laughs> but I just went with it. 
hey, pray on the toilet. That's I mean, fine. Like, listen, Look, yeah. Patience is patience. Actually, like, there are people, I do know people that, like, that's, yeah. like, they do. Like, that's prayer time for them. They're just, like. It's, like, unadulterated alone time. Yeah. No one can interrupt you, yeah, like, yeah, by yeah. definition. I mean, yeah. they can, but it's wow. really rude. Like, come on. Like, even. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> suffers. I feel like, um, you hear a lot of parents saying that. At some point yeah. in time, they're, like, I just, like. I want to sit on the toilet. It's the only, like, alone time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. With social media, it's dangerous. I feel like I just scroll and scroll. Yes. Yes, there's that. So your legs fall asleep and you're like, oh, I just want to Okay, that's that's how I know. (laughs) Okay, um, good. Poop joke out of the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, this, Jesus is talking a lot about, you know, we talk about these Jewish purity laws. Yeah. Um, which, you know, we got an entire uh, book of them. Mm-hmm. 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 It's called Leviticus. Mm-hmm. Um, an entire book of these, like, purity laws. And there's different kinds. They have, like, family purity laws, um, a lot of stuff about blood. They really don't like, like, blood, feud, mm-hmm. food purity stuff, which is kind of the stuff we're seeing here. And then temple purity, which has some overlap, but is a little different. So they got a lot. They got a lot of rules, right? So these these purity laws of what makes a person clean or unclean. Mm-hmm. And you're not supposed to do like holy things when you're unclean. Yeah. And things can't be unclean. And what I mean, I think one of the things that we miss about that too, like removed from the history of it, is that it wasn't necessarily like you were labeled one or the other forever and ever. There were like rituals made to sort of like enable you to like move through life in these ways that respected some of the separation. Um, But at the same time, just like today, people could get really caught up in some of it and there was stuff that went like really far. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, um, I mean, that's a good point too, that like um, to recognize that then a lot of the the rituals within the Jewish tradition have to do with that, with that Mm -hmm. crossing between being unclean to mm-hmm. clean in mm-hmm. the various different ways. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, I mean, um, I don't Have you ever read the Anita Dormant book, The Red Tent? Um, no, but I know the book. It's, it's like this kind of historical fiction, sort of like biblical setting of whatever, about, you know, what women did in the tribe of Israel, you know, when they were all menstruating, which is a time when you're considered unclean. Yeah. But you, like, for for the women, they understood it to in, in the way she imagines the story to be like a wonderful celebratory time where you like are mandated to rest and you get to like stay in this tent and just like gab and someone else is doing all your chores for a week and like it's a great time and so I think you know there are some things that um, you know we can look back and go like that's so archaic but there's some stuff that was like I wouldn't mind a break every once in a while. <laughs> I would yeah, I was gonna say I'm like, listen, if there's a positive spin that you can put on to menstruating every yeah. day, listen, I just get a break for seven days. I don't have to do anything. I can't touch anything anyways, it's oh, fine. Yeah. yeah, that would be that would be maybe great. Maybe. I don't know. I, and and like, you know, there's the other perspective of like basically feeling like an outcast right, for like right. seven days a month and being separated from your family. Yeah. And yeah. then, like, you know, we talked about the, the bleeding woman, right? Like, so mm. she was bleeding for 12 yeah. years. And I, I don't That's too long. That's yeah. too long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it could get extreme. Anyway, yeah, right. so these Jewish purity laws. So um, they're in the Bible, yeah. right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why don't we follow these <laughs> right. anymore? Does anyone yeah. wonder that when we ever read about them and we're like, oh. Yeah. Those are a lot of rules there. <laughs> I mean. And that Christian's just like don't care about them one of these one of the one of the ones jesus references is like if you disrespect your parents you can just you know kill the kids i don't that would not 
that would not be okay these days. No, like, no. <laughs> definitely not considered Christian. Like, there's a lot in there that's super obscure, super extreme. Yeah. yeah. So, um, to get really Lutheran, uh, Martin Luther always talks about that you have to view everything, all the laws, everything, in light of the gospel. Mm. That is, because of the good news of Jesus Christ, um, who came, taught us things, showed us the new way, um, and then died to forgive our sins to fulfill the law, that, like, everything's different now. This is, this is the new creation, that we are new creatures. Mm. Um, and so because of this, like, we now have to then re rethink all of these things. Um, and so he made a really big point about, like, rethinking all of the Ten Commandments, um, but mostly didn't really touch the entire book of Leviticus and purity laws. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot to read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. There's a lot to, <laughs> lot to take in there. Um, so uh, uh, a good thing that I heard to describe this is that the lawmaker, so God, became the law keeper, became then incarnate in Jesus Christ, and died for the lawbreakers, all of us. The lawmaker became the law keeper who died for the lawbreakers. Um, that might be a super simplistic way to, to kind of look at that, um, and definitely very much follows that like basic atonement theory, but it does kind of like get to, get to that main point. Yeah. Because the whole thing is, is when they then, you know, started the, the Christian church, right? Like, they they made a lot of changes, right? Like, Paul was even like, listen, you don't have to become Jewish first to be a, be a mm -hmm. part of this. Like, mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not about that. It's about something else because, like, Jesus took care of these. So, um, in Matthew um, chapter 7, chapter 5, verses 17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. Jesus announces, I have come, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. To fulfill them. That within Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, he has fulfilled all of the law for us, um, and therefore, like, releases us. Um, because the, the whole concept, like, of course, like, we can't, we're, we suck, we're sinners, we're imperfect, we're all of these things. Like, we can't do this? Um, and so God had to come and take care of it for us, right? That it was impossible. And I also feel like it's part of it is we are incapable of keeping the law as the broken humans that we are. And also, like, the, the lawmaker and the lawkeeper are one and the same God. And, mm -hmm. like, one of the things that we're incapable of doing is understanding the intent that God has for creation. Oh, completely. for sure. And that's where the law kind of, like, points us towards. But, again, is still not as any more exhaustive than, like, uh, how to fix an iMac for dummies that was published in 98 would be today. Like, that's not <laughs> gonna do it for us, right? Like, like, <laughs> like um, first of all, the, the, like, the, the, the iMac for dummies yeah. from right here. Um, that's probably the title of this episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but that idea of, like, what, that we don't understand and we can't fully comprehend what yeah. is God's intention for yeah. creation. Um, and so then we take these things that are written down and we like go nuts with them. Yeah. Right. And I think that's really what humans are the best at mm -hmm. of like mm -hmm. taking things extreme, taking them out of their yeah. context and um, using them if and when and how we choose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that that can become, you know, problematic mm -hmm. theology. Yeah. And, and just that we don't know what 
God's intentions are. I really like that. Sometimes I think about that and I go, what was the point? Yeah. (laughs) I think about it a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know what the point is. I mean, that's the thing is, is like, we don't know what the intentions are. Yeah. I really like that. Oh, thanks. That's super good. Oh. (laughs) That's probably going to actually make it into my sermon. Great. If I happy to help. to come back to the gospel. Yeah, well... (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you gotta talk about Jesus in church. But anyways, um, what what I think like also can in in this passage then what Jesus uh, addresses and what we talk about um, with this idea of clean and unclean mm. is we have a modern system of mm. purity culture. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty pervasive. <laughs> it's uh, it, and I think it's it's just in the same way that Jesus is like coming up against, you know, the religious leaders of his day saying like, you've gotten this wrong. Like you're taking it too far. This is not exactly, you know, this is not the important stuff is the actual like cleaning of the hand. You know, there's so much more depth to all of it. Um, I think in a lot of the same ways, you know, we, maybe not us exactly, but people who came before us have like really bastardized a lot of, um, what we find in our own religious tradition. And certainly in, you know, some of the parts of, religious tradition that we've inherited from our Jewish siblings and things like that too. And, um, I just, there's so much going on today that just is, is everywhere, you know, and of course, like, um, you know, I grew up in, uh, Texas for most of my life. And right now, um, schools aren't allowed to mandate masks being worn in schools. And one of the things a lot of people are posting are like, well, you sure did a great job of mandating spaghetti straps. Like we weren't, (laughs) you know, and just walking around and, um, you know, it's whether you're in an official religious setting or not, I think it's, it's all over the place. It's in um, diet culture in places too that we start to think about all foods labeled as either good or bad, right. you know, good for you, bad for you, healthy, unhealthy, all those things. And um, there's there's a lack of depth to kind of understanding all these. Yeah, yeah. it makes it very simplistic, right? Like yeah. it's either one, it's, it's black and white. Yeah. We get in that black and white problem where it's either one or the other, but yeah. there's never an in-between. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, so the thing with like the... The, like modern day purity movement that we have at least around mostly around sex because right. that's the thing <laughs> yeah. people want to regulate more than anything else that you're ever going to do in your life mm-hmm. um we're obsessed with regulating people's sex lives yeah 100 percent. and um so is the church mm-hmm. always has been well that's not true actually it's been for a long time, though. It, it hasn't always been, but it, it has been for, mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, which is something, I think one of our guests has said this at one point in time, that it's crazy that this is what we want to regulate. Oh, I think it might have been Chris. That if this is what we want to regulate, um, when, like, Jesus never talked about sex. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but these are the things that we get really, like, fixated on when it comes to Christian morals. <laughs> social purity movement that started in like the late 19th century um, about the same time as the temperance movement when they were because you know you have to regulate alcohol and sex together right mm-hmm. like oh, those yeah. have to yeah. obviously tequila makes your clothes fall off <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the intent at the time was you know to protect women um, um, from from rape, from, from male predators, other situations, um, from like being sold into prostitution, so human trafficking. Um, and then it kind of got a little expounded from there. <laughs> and then they started to, you know, want to regulate, you know, abortion, contraception um, type deals. And then they were just like, listen, new plan. Just 
tell everybody not to have sex until they get married. <laughs> because no violence can happen once you are married, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, so this was the thing, too, is um, around that same time is when they started to change the laws of consent. Mm. Uh, because the consent age, consent, mm. right? I'm gonna, those are my air quotes for the listeners. <laughs> consent. Um, was it age 10? Oh, my God. Um, and then they moved it to 16, so that's a good... It's a good a jump there. Um, and then also, like, legal marriage laws also started to change. They're like, oh, maybe we should stop marrying off children. Yeah. Seems like a good um, idea. Yeah. I mean, also, people live longer, so it wasn't really necessary to marry <laughs> off children anymore. Dark. I like it. Yeah. Right. Um, but, so then these things sort of took on, um, took on this face value and took the idea that, like, they were representative of Christian moral mm -hmm. values. Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, you have your feminist movements and things like that that were like the opposite, that those were the ungodly people, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, blah, but that like Christian virtue. Yeah. Um, which is alive and well, and we see that in a lot of conservative evangelical um, Christianity today, which is where you get some of those platforms, you know, the, was it protect the family or what? Sure, sounds right. Mm -hmm. Something know. like that. <laughs> <laughs> few of those um, and if you want to learn more about those um, and and the rise of sort of what we now can call um, Christian nationalism and how those things got tangled together um, I encourage you to go back and listen to our podcast about that with um, Jack Jenkins who is kind of an expert on the topic so um, um, you should go back and listen about that stuff but it kind of expanded, and then we got this, like, radical purity culture and like, the, mostly then, you know, a century later in, like, the 80s and 90s, so, in our lifetimes, um, where, um, you know, you got the, the, what was it, the, the, the purity rings where you, like, oh, make yeah. a promise to Jesus that you're going to be... No, no, well, first, your dad takes you on a date. And, oh, uh, I do not heard, uh, did this no, not. No, um... so that, no, no, we didn't have anything like this. All I know is like other people's stories, yeah, yeah. and then like when I read about it. So tell me, I mean, tell this has happened to me. Like my dad is awesome. No, but you is, but I, I like... yeah, grew up near near mm -hmm. enough to the Bible Belt that this was a common occurrence. That like when you got maybe maybe around the time you started your period. Honestly, I don't know, but well, like at fun. some point, that's you know, what I wanted. Right, right. I started my period. My dad did take me out on a date. Yeah, and talk yeah. About it. Your dad takes you on a date because obviously, like he will be the most important man in your life until you inevitably, you know, fall in love with a man and, and then end up, you know, giving yourself to him instead, which is not weird at all. And uh, your dad gives you this purity ring that signifies your promise to Jesus not to have sex until you have a wedding ring on that finger. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It uh, doesn't make sense to me, but but it's, it's okay. Uh, yeah, it's I'm not sure at what point, like, you as the 13-year-old girl, like, are making a decision about this, right? Like, your dad's like, I made this promise for you. Well, you're not really making a decision about it. I mean, I just think about, like, how, we, how we've then, like, talked about sex. Like, you're yeah. just not, like... You know, it then it, it just isn't even schools. Like, they're preaching mm -hmm. abstinence. Like, absolutely don't do this. Yeah. And then it gets... You know, and you get into some of those more conservative places mm -hmm. and like the Bible Belt where they don't even teach you about sex yeah. in school. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then from there, that actually just like causes a bunch of problems because then right. you just have a bunch of people that aren't educated about what's going on. And so then you have, yeah. you know, STDs are running rampant. Mm -hmm. Then you do actually have more of, um, I think, more of a pregnancy, teenage pregnancy mm -hmm. problem in most places. And it's like, yeah. if we just talked about these things... Yeah. Well, and two, I think there's lots of well-intentioned people who never learn 
the because it's abstinence only education you never learn about like certainly contraceptive you know strategies and things like that but also you don't learn about like the basics of consent because it's just assumed that your consent is like what you say at the altar right before you get married and that's right. it you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and so like I think there can then be sort of like maybe well-intentioned um instances all over the place where that gets violated over and over again yeah. and and mostly to the detriment of women but certainly to the detriment of all all genders too you know and yeah. it's um i think well, really I mean, like, heartbreaking you see, you see that a lot in like um situations i i think where women like no don't feel like they have consent that like mm-hmm. they're literally told their husband mm-hmm. has that that right over them yeah yeah all the time well and and, and too i think unmarried people across the board if you don't know if you don't know anything about sex at all, you know, you don't know like which steps along the way, you know, are, are okay or not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, are you allowed to say no to a kiss on the cheek? Are you allowed to say no right. to holding hands? Yeah. You know, like whatever it is. Um, and so you end up with a lot of situations where maybe you're not actually, you know, crossing coitus or whatever, <laughs> but you are put in situations, people are put in situations where they, you know, are, are doing things they, don't understand maybe don't want maybe they do want maybe they're confused about the you know and so i just think across the board it leads to a lot of unhealthy stuff that ultimately damages people all over the place you know yeah yeah and then so that's also been you know you have the stuff you're talking about the the binary stuff of what's yeah, good right what's bad yeah what's this you mm-hmm. know and and how those cross borders of not just about sex right yeah. that we then yeah because mm-hmm. you end up with all this stuff that's like, you know, um, somebody either, either, you know, is like sex thirsty, sex crazed, that's all they want out of you. And that's, that's the, if, if somebody wants sex from you, then that must be their defining like personality trait, right? Mm-hmm. There can't be anything else complicated about them. <laughs> um, and so that becomes, that becomes who they are. And you have to just avoid that type of person rather than have a conversation with each other about your boundaries and what you do or don't want all that kind of stuff um and you know that idea that like both people are consenting adults right. that can have like <laughs> opinions and limits and like yep. what's comfortable and what's not yeah. comfortable instead you get a lot of like heteronormative sort of like girls like guys are always going to want sex from you and it's your job to just like keep them at bay until it's right and the only time it will ever be right is like once you're married you know okay so that's terrifying there's a question for me so a lot of what we have with like the the purity culture um as well as like the the purity movement that happened a hundred some years ago it was all focused on like women and women's virtues and Mm -hmm. like women then would be damaged goods yeah yeah yeah. if you did have sex before you got married that somehow Mm -hmm your ability to receive God's gift of grace yeah. and sanctification um, depended on you being a virgin until you got married. Yeah. I mean, the metaphor is almost like um, like dough that you have in the freezer that if you defrost it before you're ready to cook it, like, we'll never make good bread, right? Like- <laughs> no, no, yeah, I have never heard this metaphor before. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I don't really like make dough and then freeze it though. <laughs> but just that, the term, you know, there's no like, it's, it's not, and it's, sex is not a part of who you are. Your sexuality is not a part of yourself. It is something separate. It's something you have to like protect, share, maybe give, maybe keep, you know. But that we're like also taught that it's like inherently bad. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and once, and once, a, um, yeah. once that's been, you know, touched, taken out of the freezer, 
you're done. Yeah. So, so, so my question is then like, um, you know, what, what then through this process, um, are boys taught? What are yeah. men taught in the same process? I think, I think they're taught that they're monsters. I think that they're taught that if they want sex, then that they are, you know, they're a villain until it's in an appropriate setting. And then all of a sudden you're supposed to think of yourself as good for having desire. Right. You right. know, um, and also taught that they have all the power, you know, that they, yeah. they get to decide or they don't, you know, and I think, um, well, but I think also you're right, like taught that in a negative way of sort of like you do have all the power and so like you need to use it the right way mm -hmm, and like you're mm -hmm. not allowed to use it. Yeah. But there is not the same shame around, mm -mm. Um, you know, teenage boys having sex in their right. girls. And I even remember that in high school, like those were the sluts, right? Like yep. those are the... Yeah, and I think that's where the, the purity culture comes in, right? You're either defiled or you're not, which is, you know, how this connects so closely to the text is that, like, if... And remember what we learned about. <laughs> if something has come into you, then you're defiled, is the, is the narrative that you hear. Um, <laughs> there's no, like, you're not permanently defiled in right. Jewish purity laws. Exactly, and this is where it is, like, a bastardization of what... It's all a bastardization <laughs> There's no way to pinpoint it. Yeah. Um, and and it's just I think I think um, Christians misuse scripture right? one more time. <laughs> and I think that's where so much of the um, you appropriated know, I think is the yeah, best word. Yeah. We're really great at appropriating yes. Jewish like and not just Jewish laws, but sort of like Jewish traditions yes. in a way that yeah. that makes them fit to what we want the mm -hmm. message to be as Christians. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so that's why, well, first of all, that's why it's important to like talk about some of these things that like you need to put them in their, in their context, right? Because this yeah. isn't what this is about. Um, it's not, they're not talking to you. Like this mm -hmm. is a very different mm -hmm. scenario, but then also like how we as Christians then take them and make them what we want yeah. them to be. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this isn't just about like whether or not you are, um, considered desirable societally or if you're going to be able be marriageable or any of those things it's also about whether or not you're getting to heaven or you're going to be sent to hell you yeah. know and that I don't think at any point um, my understanding of God matches up with that you know and so um, that's, right and that's so what's that's, really damaging right and so that's I think that's something that like is that every person I think that has experienced this kind of mm -hmm. theology thrown at them mm -hmm. that really needs to wrestle with like because I bet you there's a good chunk of people that are hearing this that like part of that could be why they don't go to church anymore. Yeah. Right? Like they told me some horrible shit right. and that I was wrong and damaged goods yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I won't go to that church either. Yeah. Um I mean like cause again, like your experience of, of a loving God and this message of like no matter who you are, no matter what's mm -hmm. happened to you, no matter where you come from. Like, you are still a beloved child of God mm -hmm. who has been given the same gift of grace yeah. as everyone else. And so for you then, as a church, to turn around and be like, oh, <laughs> but you're damaged goods. <laughs> right. It doesn't... No. It doesn't make any sense. Mm -mm. And it's, yeah, anyways, we can talk about it forever, but I think... Um, we could talk about <laughs> it forever. <laughs> I, I think it's... Uh, it, it leaves people um, with a very limited understanding of humanity, a very limited understanding of God, um, and it, it just it kind of it messes us up. So you know? a person is unclean. Yeah. And then they would go through a ritualistic process and then become clean. Like yeah. At the end of every period, a woman would go through a certain like ritual. Like we have, so like it, the same thing with all the purity laws. There's a 
there's a thing then like you would go through a ritual to be unclean. Like it wasn't just washing their hands, right? Like yeah. it is a whole, it's, yeah. a, it's a thing, right? Um, and so this idea that like Jesus came to fulfill the law, mm -hmm. all of those things that we would have to individually ritualize ourselves to become mm -hmm. clean. Mm -hmm. Jesus did that for us, right? Like Jesus fulfilled that ritualistic nature to make us clean. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and I physically, I think about it in the sense of, of the water. I mean, as our, you know, our baptismal theology shapes so much of what we do as yeah. Lutherans and stuff. Um, but you know, like we are not just swimming in the waters of baptism that temporarily cleanse us from whatever impurities or sins uh, that we've kind of accrued, we're, we're swimming in, in the same baptismal waters as Christ, who's, you know, completely pure, if you want to use this sort of uh, yeah. framework. And, and we are eternally clean, eternally um, pure because of Christ, not because of anything we've done, you know, but just because of the waters of baptism. And so, um, it, it's not even a question, but we still have to figure out how to live our lives. We still have to mm -hmm. treat each other excellently. You know, we still need to do those things because that's what God wants. And that's what God wants for us. You know, it's not to earn anything. Well, um, and I think that yeah, gets do you have something to say about that? So Jesus says, you know, the things that come out is what defiles you, right? And and so I think that's more has to do with our relationship with other. Mm -hmm. What we are constantly called into is in our relationships with one another. So Jesus took care of the hard work. Our job is to live in response to this gift and to uplift one another in community. Like, it's all about the whole humanity. It's never individual. It is the, mm. the cosmos, the lifting us up together. Yeah. So how do we live in that relationship, right? So Jesus says, here are some things maybe don't do. <laughs> <laughs> that these are the things that damage relationships with others, mm. right? Every single one of these is about damaging relationships with others. Mm -hmm. And and that's those are the things yeah. you know, that, that cause problems. So, you know, I have fornification. Pornea. Pornea. <laughs> that's, the, that's the Greek. The pornea Greek. Yep. So this is where we get porn, right? Like, um, and, and the idea that like, this is a thing that like takes advantage of, of a more vulnerable person, right? Theft. Um, clope, where we get kleptomania. Mm -hmm. This is just a, this is just a vocabulary lesson. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Murder, that one I don't need to explain. That's this, there's no other way to, you know, define that one. Um, adultery, uh, avarice, which is a fun word that you don't see very often. <laughs> the Greek word is pleonexia, which is the word for covet. So in the laws that we get, like don't covet your neighbor's mm. stuff, don't covet, you know, that's, that's, that's that word. Um, so yeah. that's coveting. Um, which to me, like I wouldn't translate that as avarice in English. Avarice to me is more like, looking at your neighbor across the street and wishing a tree would fall on them or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's more just, but that, whatever. I mean, like, so we play jealousy concept. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, wishing ill upon someone else um, and maybe wanting to benefit from them. Yeah. Hmm. Um, wickedness. Um, poneria, uh, which is like malice. This is iniquities. Anywhere you get that in the Bible, mm. some places just translated as sins. Um, so the idea is that the wickedness is the bad thing, that there's, mm. there are two, you can either, righteousness and wickedness, that they're, they're opposites. These are the, the biblical dichotomy is you want to be righteous, you don't want to be wicked. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's an old, you see that all throughout the, the mm -hmm. Hebrew scriptures as well. Like 
we want to be righteous, we don't want to be this. And the righteousness, uh, which is diakonos, or diakos, I'm going to screw it up. There's an end. Dikaios. Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I always put the infinitives on there, and not just because it makes it, okay. You nerd. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is to be just, justice, yeah. Yeah. you know, the, the not guilty, the innocent. So, like, these are the always the opposites. So you don't, you don't want to be wicked, malicious. You want to be just and yeah. in, in justice. Um, and just, I think they're both, they're both verbs too, right? Like, it's not, you're not either stamped one or the other, right? right. You're mm-hmm. living in wickedness. You're living in righteousness. Like, it's a, it's a, all of these things, you know, yeah. it's how you, how you live. Deceit. That one, that one's the same. Um, licentiousness. How often do you hear this word in your day-to-day lives? In church only. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is a selgia, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like an outrageous behavior. Um, this was my favorite definition um, um, from the Greek lexicon. Conduct shocking to public decency. Oh, oh my. <laughs> um, most of the time we apply it to sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm doesn't necessarily mean that it's just like when you often hear about it and anybody ever talks about it in church they're talking about sex i'm all, every time i hear licentiousness i'm now only gonna think of barney stinson peeing outside and getting <laughs> <That's exactly laughs> it. public indecency that's it, it is, yes yes conduct shocking <laughs> to public decency okay <laughs> Um, envy in our translation, which is actually, um, oh, it's actually a sentence, um, which is um, o- ophthalmos, which is the an, an, an eye, or a mind's eye, like your mind's eye, and poneros, which is the same as poneria we talked about earlier, this wickedness. So your mind's eye wickedness. Mm, yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I say that most mornings. <laughs> Cleanse me from mind's eye wickedness. Oh <laughs> Lord. <laughs> also, um, so I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't hear envy in this Not at either. all. Yeah. I don't know. But some translations say uh, will say an evil eye. Mm. Yeah. Which I'm just like. Which is like all over all kinds of ancient religions. Like have different versions of that. So yeah. I think that's like definitely beyond our context. Yeah. You know, and understanding how how I would define it is malicious intent. Yeah. You know, um, that you have, you are thinking about doing something wicked, mm-hmm. you're wicked. And so, like, in, in the concept of, like, relationships, right, like, it would be a malicious intent to, to hurt someone, to do yeah. to something else. Slander. Blasphemia. Pretty standard. Heard of that one. Yeah, heard that word before. Mm-hmm. Pride, uh, which is pride or arrogance. And then folly, which is foolishness or a lack of perspective. Mm. Is what that Greek word is. Man, that get, gets us all the time, right? <laughs> Lack of perspective. Lack of perspective. No, but that is like a really like yeah. that could preach right there in yeah. and of itself is yeah. like this is what is this lack of perspective? Yeah. And I actually think that it's uh, to me like is maybe it poignant that Jesus ends his speech with that. My job is like, and you have a lack of perspective. Yeah. Goodbye. I'm gonna go heal some more people now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like that's just him yeah. calling them out all the time, right? Like when they're trying to come at him, and he's like, "Yeah, it's all I don't know. It's all about perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean that. Yeah. So lack of perspective is. And you know, perspective and even thoughtfulness too about the people around you, right? You know, like how how often do we hurt people because we never thought about <laughs> what how they might receive something? You know. Yeah. Um. 
yeah. I just, I think, I think what's so, um, I just think about often lately, I've been thinking a lot about how hard it must be to be a human at all, but especially to be like coming of age right now. Um, and being surrounded by so many examples of, of disregard for the people we live around, you know, right. yeah. there's, there's so many yeah, adults yeah, yeah. in the world who are so, um, so obviously just mostly interested in their own, their own interests and sometimes their own purity, you know? And I think a lot of times yeah. it comes out of a place of this desire to be good. And, and that, isn't in itself a bad thing but if that's our only purpose if we're pharisees who only care about washing our hands before we eat and not about feeding the people who are hungry you know if we are only worried about the possible you know side effects of a vaccine perhaps that we aren't sure about but can't see past our own faces that there are people who need protection you know from a herd immunity kind of mm -hmm. thing um that is contrary to how God wants us to live in relationship with one another. Yeah. That, that, yeah, the lack of perspective and the fact that, mm -hmm. like, again, the idea is that we're already saved. Yeah. And that it's about our relationships with one another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the perspective. Like, to me, like, that's when I think about, like, what is a Christian morals to me? It's mm. not about who you're having sex with and right. what you're doing here and, like, Maybe you smoke, maybe you drink, you didn't get into that temperance movement yeah. thing. <laughs> um, you know, like, that's my thing about Christian morals is sort of like, what are you doing for those around you? What are mm -hmm. you doing to, to live righteous, to, mm -hmm. to aim for justice, mm -hmm. to, to uplift those around you, to, you know, do the things that Jesus asked, like serving the sick, the poor, and the orphan. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if we want to talk about what a Christian morality is, yeah. to me, that's... yeah. And I think too, respecting the the dignity of the people in your life, whatever whatever it is you're engaging in, right? You know, like if you're taking a smoke break and you're rude to the, everyone who walks by you and tries to say hello. You know, to me, like the problem there is is the way that you're treating passersby, not necessarily what you are or not putting in your body. You know, but that's between you and your doctor, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and and all these other things. Again, it's not what you put in. Exactly, it's exactly it's what's what's coming out. You know, and. Um, I think that's, uh, you see this all over the place, that Jesus wants us to, to care for one another and um, see see the goodness of God in our fellow creatures. You know, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it's, it's a hard task. I'm not saying it's easy, but <laughs> um, I think that's what God wants from us. I agree. Nailed it. Now that's the mic drop situation. Um, and for those of you who are maybe going to preach this Sunday, I, I think that Vicar Taylor gave you a lot of materials there to work with. Um, and if you're not, and um, you weren't planning on going to church, well, look, you got a mini-sermon anyways. Um, <laughs> we hope you have enjoyed your time with us. But, yes. Um, uh, thank you, Taylor, for yeah. coming over to my living room for this yes. nice conversation. Oh, thanks These for having me. These are wedding photos in the background. They're beautiful. Yeah. That great yeah. there? Um, Built-in decor. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Always matches. Well, I always find it fun whenever I get to do this in person with yeah. people rather than on the computer, so... Yeah, I was about it worked out that way too. Me too. Okay. Um, well, that's it for this week. Um, and thanks for joining us. Um, look for us next Tuesday. I always say that. It's look for me and someone else next Tuesday. <laughs> um, should they don't tell you on Sunday. Um, and you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash should they don't tell you on Sunday. Um, and subscribe wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Uh, so that you can stay up to date with new episodes um, and hear some new stories from our, our new guests. 
And as always, share this with friends and family that um, you think would like to journey from us or could just use maybe a, a fresh perspective on, on, on some things. All right, take care. Bye.